What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Checking. You don't see my pretty sick... I can't do that anymore. Because nope. there's a lot of people listening to this via podcast, and you're never going to see my pretty sexy face. So the whole deal... Unless you go to YouTube.com slash Spaz Phoenix. This is true. But unless you are willing to do that, in which case, you know, come check me out. I'm super sexy. But the whole... You can't see my pretty sexy face so you know I'm not alone. It doesn't really hold water anymore, does it? Eh, I, I, have I would to... just keep I would just keep saying it. It's yeah. what we've done forever. Well, it's kind of like my subscribe up there, talk down there thing that I do at the end where there, there's nothing up there anymore. That, that by the way, uh, Guapo screwed up every single time when he tried to do it. Speaking of Guapo, and obviously uh, Kristen is here with us tonight, this is the first podcast that you've been on in the actual Spaz Phoenix podcast era, so do you feel new and different and special? Feels yep. about the same. Nice. <laughs> that's that's honest and, sor and sort of painful. Uh, yeah, you guys know the drill by now. Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can go on to Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Castro, All Overcast, it. and soon to be, hopefully, Stitcher, put in Spaz Phoenix Podcast. You can find this in an audio form. If you are listening to this in an audio form and you want to find me in a video form, go to YouTube and search Spaz Phoenix, as Christian just said. But also, one quick shout out to our co-host Guapo, who's not with us tonight, who's busy getting married, or getting ready to get married. So married. Go He's getting married next week. So go find him on social media at uh, Guapo underscore 504. Congratulate him. Tell him that we sent you. I'm sure he'll love his phone blowing up at like 3 in the morning or whatever this goes out. We Absolutely. Yes, do that. We are here to talk about Survivor Series weekend. Woo! Actually, somewhat exciting. You know, or or what I've been calling it, the NXT Double Bill. Yeah. Because we are getting the proper NXT TakeOver War Games, and then we are getting NXT's participation in the Survivor Series, even though we don't know who's in the NXT Survivor Series teams. So this is going to be weird. Cards on the table, as they always are. Kristen and I are recording this on the Thursday, fully aware that they could announce the NXT teams on Friday on SmackDown. They could do a run in whatever. And, and they probably will just because of that. I don't know if it's just to spite us or if it's like a universal spiteness towards all uh, wrestling podcasts. I was going to say, anybody but that's trying will. to cover it. <laughs> they, Basically they, they, everyone. They I don't, don't know if it's directed at just us or at the YWC or uh, IWC as a whole, probably. We, we should we should create a whole separate thing like the PWC because most of us are on podcast now, like the podcast wrestling community. Well, the, the, inter, the internet wrestling community kind of encompasses all of that. And I want to be more specific, goddammit. This and is then, my new thing. And then, and then like YWC, PWC are just like, you know, they're like, they're like small clusters within IWC. <laughs> Kristen doesn't want me to have my new shiny thing. Anyways. Uh, nope. Let's be honest. Uh, with, let's... I, hang on. Before you talk about Survivor Series, you may have talked about this on another show before. Have you talked about uh, the, quote, reemergence of CM Punk, end quote? I mentioned it briefly. It's an interesting concept. I like the fact that he is there uh, as an employee of Fox and not as an employee of WWE. I think that gives him a little bit more leeway. We could see that from the first uh, episode. Um, I you know to... what it is to me. It's a when... gateway. Well, no, no, it's well, yes, it is that. But his whole purpose, I feel like, if I may, if I may say, his entire purpose for being there is 
you know, like on talent shows or baking shows or whatever, especially Americanized versions of those things, they have like the one British judge that's like kind of just a dick to everyone. He thinks Are you everything saying that CM awful. Punk yes. is, is the Simon See? Cowell or he the uh, Chef Ramsay of, of WWE content? Absolutely, he is. He is the he is the Twitter shit poster of television. He is he is the one that's going to not like anything, and that's what we want him to do. Like that's what we want. But that's see, what I don't, we want like, Simon I, I, to do. That's what we want Gordon Ramsay to do. We don't want them to be like, I really loved your quiche. No, we want want them to be like, this is shit. You're shit. But see, okay, there, there. I think you're going a bit too far. I think, I think you're painting him with a little bit of a broad brush there because he did give a lot of credit where it is due. He, he. Well, he, they, he, do, they do sometimes, but he bigged up the women and and all the strides that the women have made since since he left and has come back. And uh, basically, he bigged up NXT because NXT. I think he even said it like they haven't been spoiled by the main roster yet. And I think those two points combined are basically what everybody else is saying, and that is that the NXT women's division specifically is killing everybody right now. Like, I'm sorry, there's nobody on Raw, nobody on SmackDown, and I'm sorry, I'll whisper it really quietly so nobody gets offended, nobody in AEW that is doing women's wrestling the way that NXT is doing women's wrestling right now. That That is true. I, I liked AEW, but also, you know, I, I feel like they're their women's division is weaker than WWE's right now. I think they are where WWE, and we're not going to go on a whole rant on AEW, but I think AEW is at the spot that WWE was like five years ago when they're putting the show together. It's like, okay, here's your token women's match of the night, which is kind of sad because there's women on their show that I do like. I just don't feel like they're being put on a pedestal just yet. But on the NXT side of things, you've got... The biggest move that I think they've made is bringing Rhea Ripley over from NXT UK to NXT proper, because she's a fucking star. Mm-hmm. And I think her and Baszler are going to kill each other on Saturday, if I'm honest. They, they're bringing some other people along for the ride, but they are going to kill each other. Which brings us to this Saturday, which brings us to TakeOver. Uh, TakeOver War Games. What do you think of the War Games concept in general and how NXT uses it? Um... I mean, I like the War Games uh, uh, concept in general, and if anybody was going to uh, rehash it again, why not have it be NXT, or else it would be, you know, fucking ruined by WWE, basically. Um, I think it's kind of like, I I like the match too, I really do. Uh, As a concept, I find it to be a lot of fun. The problem that I have with it is this... It feels less gimmicky than than some WWE pay-per-views can tend to be but it and this is my thing as much as I do like it and I'm looking forward to it and you know it's a little bit crazy you got the two rings it's it's different enough that it gets everybody's attention but it does suffer the same exact uh problem as WWE gimmick pay-per-views in the sense of okay, it's this month, therefore it's hell in the cell, therefore let's grab some people to throw in the cell. But I feel like they do it less often than the main main pay-per-views do. Oh, it's the only gimmick pay-per-view they have, which is why I give it a pass, and which is why it doesn't bug me as much, but I think it's in danger of coming to the same thing. Especially when, you know, you got hell in the cell, usually it's a one-on-one, it's either a feud or it's a title, even the elimination chamber... 
which is a little bit, hey, let's find a random six guys, but there's usually, it's for something, the rumble is for something, you don't get anything from the War Games match is is a drawback. And I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking a, a gimmick that I like, but you don't get anything from it, and there's no real reason other than, okay, it's November, this is what we've attached for our co- our contribution to Survivor Series weekend, so it's time we find eight random people and throw them in a cage. That's that's the logical part of it. The fan part of it is it's a pile of people match in a double ring in a cage, and it's going to be fucking hilarious. And they're doing um, something that NXT doesn't push as much as the main roster. It's like the first time ever for the women, but I think they've got a decent collection of women to have that. And I think some of the women in this match are going to kill each other. But that is also besides the point. We have a couple of other matches to talk about before we get into the two War Games matches. Uh, The first one is what was supposed to be Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Unfortunately, Johnny Gargano is injured. We We pulled Matt Riddle from the War Games match to put him up against Finn Balor instead. It's a decent substitution. It's not a bad match for new heel Finn Balor uh, first match back in NXT, but it's not the match we want. No, uh, but, you know, it's not a bad substitute. You just said that. It's not a bad substitute, but, I mean, it's it's hard to substitute Johnny Gargano out. (laughs) Of anything. But also but also in the storyline perspective, when Finn Balor turned heel, he turned heel on Gargano. On Gargano. Now I'm not I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that they should go out and they should like push Gargano out into the ring while he's injured, because that's fucked up. Um I think as much as people would hate to say it. Do I, we know what do we know what his injury is? I believe it's associated with his head and neck. And I think oh great, it, I fantastic! Think it, I think it might be when Balor gave him the 1916 on the stageway, because you know that's fantastic. Not a... We we love when when people we love when wrestlers we love you know get neck injuries. Well, I mean, him and Gargano are buddies, and you know friends do things together. I'm a terrible person. Um, in all seriousness, not that anybody in WWE would ever hear this, but we do wish Johnny Gargano quick speedy recovery we want to see him back on our tvs etc uh i think even though it's been a while and finn balor hasn't had a match yet uh i think you could have held this out and had the proper match be between him and gargano but balor riddle uh with our biases aside with the storyline aside it's going to be a good match uh i love finn balor as a heel because he doesn't give a single fuck it's great uh, he is becoming actually on TV what you and I have delightfully referred to as rock star douchebag Finn Balor. It's the best version of Finn Balor, really. I love this whole attitude that he has of uh, he comes back and he looks at all the younger guys and it's like, what have you done to my NXT? <laughs> because it's so, it's so true. And you know people like... You know, it's like the Grinch. His heart, they're, all of our hearts grew three sizes that day when we found out Finn Balor was coming back to NXT, like, permanently. I mean, granted, that was a big part of that was to do the ratings because they were moving to USA Network and etc. But, hey, we benefited let's from be it. Let's be honest. We did benefit from it because, let's be honest, they weren't doing a damn thing with Finn Balor on the main roster. Well, I mean... And he, thing- was ju- he was just another generic... Like, babyface on the roster 
that they yeah. were they weren't they weren't moving his character up. Oh shit! Sorry, <laughs> I dropped something. Uh, they weren't doing anything with his character. He was just a generic baby face. He might as well have just been smiling and waving to the crowd he and was, not getting an entrance. I'm gonna do this just one time. He was smiling more than a Jordan Miles T-shirt. I'm just gonna skip past that like yep. that didn't happen. Fucking goof. Anyway, okay, I missed that. What was that about? Um, I saw the shirt, and he and he got real upset about it. Um, he got a goofy shirt, like everybody in WWE gets a goofy shirt, except he did the whole "Well, you can't do that to me. I'm black," pretty much. And I'm really trying to not sound like a dick when I say this, but that really is what it is. Everybody that they like forced up to the NXT roster. Uh, like, everyone gets a shitty shirt, especially as their first shirt. That's, like, the thing. Everybody gets a shitty shirt, but because, you know, the world is the way it is, and if you're of certain persuasions, you can be offended and something has to happen, and if you're of other persuasions, you can be offended and nothing happens. And then, to the best of my knowledge, to the, the bits and pieces that I've put together, he screenshotted private texts between himself and his bosses, himself and Triple H, himself and the merch department, himself and Vince McMahon, all over social. He screenshotted emails between him and, like, inter-office bullshit all over social media. He went on this big, gigantic tirade, big capital letters, WWE doesn't care about black people, and, like, that, that, that. He, um, he went on Twitter with a video thing, like people do in their car when they're trying to be super dramatic, and he's like, I fucking leave WWE. Don't ever call me Jordan Miles. I'm, I'm calling that my slave name. And I'm like, mm. maybe, maybe dial it down a little bit. Because the same night, you know, our brand new NXT Cruiserweight Champion, which is Leo Rush, comes out. And he's great. And, you know, Keith Lee comes out and has a great match. And he's great. And it's like, maybe, maybe it's you. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that there's never been racism in WWE. I'm really not. Because I can't. Kofi Kingston just had a six-month run as WWE champion. New Day have titles coming out the ass. Street Profits, any day now, are going to have titles coming out their ass. Velveteen Dream is only not the North American champion now because he's injured. Maybe it's you. <laughs> but he, yeah, basically, he got and, a good... And, and also, everyone gets a shitty t-shirt yep. their first time. That's just but how it, but it it's is. A, like, but everyone's. It's, but it's a smile printed on a black t-shirt. Okay, well, I'm I missed out on that. <laughs> it's uh, he debuted on the brand, and his third match on television was against the NXT champion. Third match on the brand. That's that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Like it's 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 symptomatic of the times, but also he's a fucking moron. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. There are people on the main roster. Remember, okay, as silly as it sounds, as silly as it sounds, Alicia Fox has been in WWE for how long? Uh, Well, she's on the alumni page right now. Well, she's on the alumni page. But like two years ago, she put out on social media this big celebration thing that that she finally had a single piece of merch with her name on it. And it was dumb. It was some, like, little cartoon animated Fox thing, because she's Alicia Fox. Ha, 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 ha. But she'd been on the main roster for, like, ten years. This guy had a cup of coffee in developmental and already had a t-shirt, and it wasn't good enough. 
And because we can put a trigger word attached to it, like racism or sexism or whatever phobias you want to bring up, he thought he had a case. He thought he could grab himself a couple of headlines. And now he's on this big, well, all wrestling is racist. And then he starts talking shit about Jay Lethal in ROH because he's their champion. And he's like, oh, he's, he's turned his back on his people. And I'm like, you're an idiot, bro. Like, I don't know. I try to tiptoe around this. I really do because it's a stupid fucking issue and it's a really stupid fucking move. People are speculating that he's dealing with some personal, psychological, emotional issues. And if that ends up being the case, I will have a measured amount of sympathy, but it wasn't, it it won't change what he's done. He's gone out there. He's, he's slandered his employer. He's revealed private documentation. He's walked out on a contract Ask me on a personal level, and I said this a couple of weeks ago in an NXT review, on a personal level, I hope WWE are as petty as people say they are and drag him through court. And I wouldn't say that very often, because normally I think that shit's bullshit, but in this case, he just sort of stacked it on and stacked it on and stacked it on. Anyways, that's the end of that. Well, sorry. Didn't mean for it to go that far. I just wanted to... uh, Yeah, I just... You, you know you know how I have certain opinions about the way the world is, but it does br- it does bring me to a much more positive point in the um, it doesn't have anything to do with takeover, but the rebranding of the now NXT Cruiserweight Championship. What do we think? Well, I I mean let's be honest the the cruiserweights were not doing well on their own show. Like and it wasn't because of their matches. Their matches were really good, but. They were SmackDown Dark matches. Basically, yes. It was like, you know, superstars back in the day, or I'm trying to think of other shows that were just like... Superstars, or Heat, or Main Event, yes, or, Heat, or... or Main Event. Main Event was the other one I was thinking of. I think it was a really cool move on their part, because Leo Rush had just come back from his sabbatical. Um, it's been really cool the way they played it up on commentary as well, because we all know that uh, Mauro Ronaldo is a really uh, prominent spokesperson for mental well-being and mental illness and shit like that. And apparently those were the types of things that Leo Rush was dealing with while he was away. So L- Mauro Ronaldo on commentary talking this guy up and making the world aware of what he's been struggling with while he's been away has been a really good thing. They've they've made him obviously this super high-flying cruiserweight um you know, spotmaster babyface. Uh, so to not only bring the NX- to not only bring the cruiserweight title to NXT, but rebrand that division with a new champion at the same time, I think is phenomenal. Now, the problem with that is you ne- they really needed to get a nice big, high caliber cruiserweight championship match on their first takeover since that move, and they didn't do that. And I think that's a huge missed opportunity. I mean, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> Leo Rush is fucking awesome. Um, time off looks like it's done him some good. He looks like he's really, really happy to be there. Um, he should be on the card. Uh, he could be the mystery fourth person on Champa's team, but I doubt it. Um, so we've done that. Should happen. It's not happening. There's no pre-show crap on a takeover. Uh, we've done Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. Interesting match here. 
Triple Threat Match. Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. Number one contender match. The match, or the winner of the match, goes on to face Adam Cole for the NXT title the next night at Survivor Series. Oh. I didn't know that the... Wait, the NXT title's being defended on a main... Yeah. A main pay-per-view? That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, um, we're... Well, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but on Survivor Series, they have all the champions facing all the champions, except for the world titles. Like, there's a Universal title match, a WWE title match, and an NXT title match. So every show gets to have one match that's just their guys. Which I think works, because I think Adam Cole versus Brock Lesnar versus The Fiend would be weird. And also... Adam Cole would get buried. Yes. Whatever, everyone would get buried. Brock Lesnar would somehow F5 both of them in 10 seconds. Because he's got to look like... After Hell in the Cell. Um, For for any new viewers that that hadn't heard me, I don't like Brock Lesnar, like, at all. (laughs) I'm over Brock Lesnar. I was a fan of it at the beginning, and now I hate it. I hate everything about it, and... He's a good portion of the reason why it's hard for me to watch the product in general. Even though he's not on it. You mean you mean you mean problem. it's you mean it's not Seth Rollins and his wicked Twitter game? Oh, Seth. Why? <laughs> just just stop. Or take lessons from your girlfriend. Oh, sorry, fiance. See, I really don't, I'm going to stake up here as the Becky Lynch fan. It is not her responsibility to make him not be an idiot. It's not her responsibility, but, you know, ask her for some help, man. Throw a drowning man a flotation device. Exactly. See, the thing that I love is, I love, you know, you know me. Either wrestling is really, really awesome, or it's really, really funny. Like, I'm, I'm over ranting about wrestling, to the most part. If it's really, really bad, I'll laugh about it. If it's really, really good, I'll love it. I cannot back up everything Seth Rollins has said on Twitter, but I am 100% here for how much everything he says twists everybody else up. Because he says something, and it's dumb, and you laugh, but then you watch Twitter catch fire, and that becomes the entertainment after that. Because... On one level, I so, think he's being an absolute so, shill for the company. On another level, I think he absolutely doesn't give a fuck. So, is he really not good at Twitter, or is he a genius at Twitter, and we just aren't realizing it? Oh, I don't think any of this is intentional. I'm not giving him that much credit. <laughs> but I just think, I think he doesn't care. I think part of him thinks that he needs to be the new John Cena. He needs to toe the company line. He needs to speak up for his guys, for his locker room, etc. I think there's a genuine bit of that. Because, you know, Cena's gone by the wayside. Roman was out with injury, and now they've pulled him back to sort of a mid-card level, and people are actually starting to like Roman now. Seth feels like this is what you need to do to defend your company, defend your locker room, even if it's absolute bullshit. Um, but at the even same time, if you're not good at it at all, even if you're not good at it at all, but you know, put yourself in the firing line for the sake of your roster. If you want to be like the, the locker room leader, the locker room captain or whatever, 
but also some of the shit that he said and all, some of the people that he's gone after, he has to know that, like, even if I'm right, going after these people is going to get me shit. Like, he went after uh, Kenny Omega, and he went after Zack Sabre Jr. In, in the past little while. He talked about his brand being the A brand, talked about how if anybody from AEW ever wants to come up to the big leagues, he'd gladly fight them. Like, I like on some level, he has to know. And on, and on that level, I'm pretty sure there's a little bit of him that doesn't give a fuck. And you know me. I love people that don't give a fuck. Jim Cornette just got fired from the NWA because he didn't give a fuck on commentary. I but, forgot. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Something about going through a third world country with fried chicken strapped to your back or something. All these people that we love are all problematic, terrible people, and that's what makes them entertaining. I mean, Hulk Hogan is a thing. Yeah, why do you think they keep dragging Hulk Hogan back? They keep dragging Hulk Hogan out to Saudi Arabia. Oh, God. That, you know what? That's a fine, because I don't watch that show. So. Hey, hey, hey. They got a women's match on the card. If you if you give them nothing else, you have to give they them. Did. They, they said did They, they said they match. were going to get a women's match on the card, and they got a women's match on the card. Now, that's one right. point versus 100 million bad ones, but if you don't give them the one right. point. Awesome. Women, women's women's uh, women suffrage has moved up in Saudi Arabia. Oh, wait. It hasn't. <laughs> Natalia and Lacey Evans got to wrestle in tracksuits. It's fine. <laughs> Not even, like, tracksuits. Like, they took... They gave them both, like... It looks like they get... Okay, so Natty already wears, like, kind of, like... Full she body. She wears kind of the lo- full body anyways. On her, they look like they gave her her regular attire, but, like, here, put a t-shirt on. <laughs> and then Lacey Evans, they look like they did basically the exact same thing they're like here daddy's got a, a spare so we'll put you in that and here's your t-shirt you know what it's like it's like when two people from the same baseball team go to batting practice together exactly and you know what that's that's fine i understand culturally that 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 needed to be done but that is what happened and that is you know it's great but it's not. It it's not like when uh, Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss went to Abu Dhabi and they just got like more fully fitting like versions of their actual ring gear. Well, and you know, just because they do one thing, that's like okay, cool progression. Doesn't doesn't it, oh, it doesn't erase the rest. But I'm I'm fully of the opinion that if you're going to criticize people when they do bad shit, even if it's a lot of bad shit, you have to acknowledge maybe not praise necessarily but acknowledge when they do something good so oh no that, that was a great that was a great thing so that when they're what so that when you go back to criticizing them again it's like wwe when wwe manages to pull a decent story out of their ass you got to give them credit or you just become that fan that just doesn't like anything and all your criticisms go to the wayside mm-hmm. so I, I i will cling to the the small little nice things and we how the hell did we get on to crown jewel it happens Killian Dane versus Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest. Number one contendership going on to Survivor Series to face Adam Cole at Survivor Series. Now, interesting makeup here for me because I have a huge, huge, huge bias towards Pete Dunne. Not only is he a fucking star, I got a chance to see him up close and personally a lot when he was fighting for Destiny here in Mississauga. Uh, Fun fun fact, if uh, Spaz has gotten to see you live in a tiny theater... 
then he is your biggest fan ever. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart from Destiny is coming to NXT, and I am ridiculously excited, let me just say. Point proven. You you will like Shotzi Blackheart. It will be good. Um, but yeah, no, like... Yeah. Usually, they're in a triple threat match, especially for a number one contendership, like there's usually like an odd person out, or uh, okay, these guys are the ones really having the feud, and this guy's just here to eat the pin. I think in this case, you got Pete Dunne, who's a huge star, legitimately like an unquestionable star. You got Killian Dane, who sort of did the sanity thing and then tried to be on his own, and then they brought him back to NXT. They're trying to they're trying to basically Finn Balor him and sort of revamp him as this new badass on his own outside of the sanity gimmick. And I think it's working to a certain extent. And then you got Damian Priest, who everybody else knows from the indies as Punishment Martinez, who I never saw. But I love his gimmick. I love the whole, like, goth rock star, like, little, like, Shades of the Crow thing that he's got going on. The whole Archer of Infamy when he sets the, when he sets the display on fire, his entire production. So you got three guys here who are going to kill each other. You got Pete Dunne and, and Killian Dane who are going to brawl. You got Priest who's trying to be like the new guy, for lack of a better term. And I, honestly, I want Pete Dunne to win, but no result in this match is really going to piss me off. No, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty. I and I mean it's war games, but I w- I would almost want this to be like. Maybe not no DQ, but hardcore. Well, all triple threat matches are no DQ matches. Are they? I, well, sometimes. They don't it's always make. Do, they don't always make use of it, but you can't win or lose a triple threat match by say, disqualification. But you you want them to take advantage of it? No, I you can't say that because it's WWE and like sometimes they just make bullshit up. <laughs> Sometimes they're just Get, like, and now, and now you you're disqualified in this cage match. So there are no rules. You watch Simon. You, you watch lie. Simon Miller videos, right? Yes, there are no rules, and everything's a lie. When, when, when he when he does the ups and downs videos and shit like that, and it's like, yes. if you if you ever want to know why this happened or why that happened, or if you're concerned why this happened on this day and this didn't happen on this day, just remember that it's WWE and stuff just happens exactly there are no apparently he's getting t-shirts with that on there and if if there is a what culture stuff just happens shirt i'm going to get it and i might get two and that might be your christmas present but anyway guapo doesn't get one because he didn't make it to the preview (laughs) i'm just saying you can't be like well it's a triple threat match all triple threat matches are no dq there are no rules Okay, well... And reality is is, is subjective. Hell in the Cell this year ended in a ref stoppage, so I guess you're right. (laughs) There are no rules, and everything is subjective. Uh, We we, we don't live in the same reality that WWE does. Okay, but to be fair, NXT specifically has not really screwed us like that. But anyways, I would still want it to be like a hardcore match. I want them to... Or like a street fight. I want them to beat the fuck out of each other. You have a preference as to who wins? No, it's going to be great. It's going to be a bloodbath. A little bit of a spoiler. Whoever wins this match, I don't think they're winning at Survivor Series. Probably not. Because I don't... maybe. Because I don't think 
that they're going to give it to Dunn just yet. He will he will become the champion, but I think he's going to take up that mantle whenever Adam Cole goes up to the main roster, and I think that's when they should. Just my opinion. Dane right now is just coming out there to be like the psycho muscle, not the mus- wild card. Oh Christ. NXT was the one brand that sort of escaped the wild card rule, so let's not do that. No, but he's out there, like, and I don't mean muscle as in, like, he's a big chiseled guy, obviously, but, like, to be the muscle in the match, like, he's there to be the the Braun Strowman, the Lars Sullivan, the whoever else you want to put in that that regard. So he's going to go out there, he's going to do something crazy. And Priest, as much as I love the gimmick, he's not getting a main roster, big four pay-per-view title match just yet. So... I gotta go with Dunn. Surprise me with either of the other two, and I won't be disappointed. So now we move on to the two War Games matches because it's we're gonna have two. There's two matches. There's two cages. There's two genders. Oh wait a minute, that's another d- debate for another time. Undisputed Era taking on Team Tommaso Ciampa, which is Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic is a name that I still hate, and was going to be Matt Riddle until the Gargano thing happened, so right now it's a surprise entrant. I like that you laughed at your own joke. Which one? I just told about four bad ones there. Exactly. There we go. So, here's my question for you, because you watch sparingly compared to how I watch. Who would you love it to be? Who would I love it to be? Um... I bet it'll be another, like, because how, how many people have gone from the main roster back to NXT? Like, on a Finn Balor caliber. Any, but any other pay-per-view, I would say yes. But because NXT is in this brand versus brand versus brand thing, I don't think they would do it on this combination of nights. Uh, uh, I think they would. I bet. I bet somebody will switch sides. They'll debut somebody new. It won't be somebody as big as Finn Balor, but if they did, why? Who? Do, why? Who do you think? Uh, I think this is where we find out the Velveteen Dream is back from injury. That's one potential Ooh, possibility. Ooh, that's that's interesting. Uh, a lot of people have said Isaiah Swerve, eh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, the former Shane Strickland, who's been like low key having some of the best matches on NXT. Um, I think you could put Leo Rush in there since there isn't a title match, a cruiserweight title match, because everybody on the opposing team, all of the members of the Undisputed Era are all champions. You got NXT champion, the North American champion, the tag champions on that side. If you want to say, hey, at least we've got one champion on our side, you throw Leo Rush into the mix, and Leo Rush. Well, and and how recently is the uh, is the cruiserweight title been moved to NXT? Uh, pretty much they did it in tandem with moving it to regular TV. So I think this would be a good, uh, I mean, it's going to, I think this would be an also a great place to like, this will be the first pay-per-view to have it on there. So it's a good place to display NXT's new championship. And I think if they did that, I'm not saying that they will. I'm just saying it would be a good idea. I think it would dispel what we had before with the 205 Live era, where it's like, okay, you're really a WWE person, or you're just one of these Cruiserweight guys. Like, that uh, being a Cruiserweight champion or former Cruiserweight champion is no bar to entry as far as competing with the big boys, so to speak. I think that would sort of dispel that old idea, and I think it would be really good. I don't think they're going to do it, though. 
Um, there is the wild outside the box rumor that NXT has managed to sign John Morrison. And if this is how they debuted John Morrison, I doubt it's going to be. But if they did do that, John Morrison in a War Games scenario would be pretty fucking awesome. That would be pretty fucking awesome. Uh, because it's in Chicago, we have to acknowledge the possibility. Even though it's not. It's not. But we have to it's acknowledge not. the five or six people out well, there no, that are like... No, it, you know what? We don't have to acknowledge it, okay? We, can, we, we, we don't have... We don't tell them... You know, we don't make fun of them for thinking that, but we don't have to acknowledge it because it's not going to be a thing. It okay, but you WWE. Would... But when you see Renee Young on backstage and she's even egging him on on live television, like, so you're saying there's a chance? No, 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 sir. See, the funny she's thing she's trying to get more people to watch the damn show. That's true. So many people are pissed off that he came back on, like, a backstage show rather than in any, like, live audience scenario. And I can't really blame them for that because for, now... For all... For all... For everybody that's like, oh, CM Punk's gonna come back, blah, 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 and all that. Go on What Culture, and there's a video. I forget who does the video. But he talks about basically why how all the things that CM Punk was before he, when he left, like before he left, is, that made him unique and special and, and different from everyone else is no longer a unique thing anymore. I think, I think you're talking about Adam Cleary. I, ha I haven't watched that. I believe that. so. It's a good, it's a good video. I haven't watched it all the way through yet, but I will say this in, in counter to that. Um, it used to be, when Punk was there, you had Punk and Brian, and in a sea of WWE superstars, in tight air quotes, you had Punk and Brian, who were like the indie guys. Now, you've got all, basically all the members of the Undisputed Era. You've got Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, uh, you've got Finn Balor, you've got AJ Styles, all that. And I will say that it, it is no longer a unique thing, you're absolutely right. But of that stereotype... There's nobody that's going to get a bigger name than CM Punk or a bigger response than CM Punk. Even even in a in a It a, would be a cheap one to two night pop. Once people once the regular Joe Schmo fan would realize that oh he's not he doesn't his shtick is the same as this person's shtick, who's the same as this person's shtick. But it's so much better. Is it, though? Punk? I'm sorry. No matter which way you fall on the CM Punk argument, and I, I am a fan of CM Punk. I mean, much I'm, like... not saying he's not, I'm not saying he's not good, but now, like, being a good wrestler, being, like, a great technical wrestler, which he is a good wrestler, but he's not, he's never quite made the, th I'm, I'm rehashing shit that was said in that video. So right. when you watch that video, you know. Right. You will see. Um. He he was he's always been very good, especially back in his when he was there in his in his quote era. Um, you know he was leagues above other people, but now there are so many people that are that level and better than that. I I just I don't I, like, I, I don't, don't think it's such a novelty anymore. Also, no, it's not going to be CM Punk. I'm trying to get us back on topic. <laughs> I will just say, and then we will get back on topic. I'm not saying we need CM Punk back because he's a great technical wrestler. 
I'm going to say the same thing that I said about CM Punk when he left WWE. CM Punk, before Adam Cole came along, was my closest comparison to Shawn Michaels. Because Shawn Michaels could do anything you asked him to do. He could be the cheapest, weaseliest guy in a, in a no-DQ brawl. He could do a, like a Sheamus and Cesaro style uh, like sort of more technical brawl. He could do the high flyer thing. He could do the ground game. He could do the submission game. He could talk on the mic. He could be a face. He could be a heel. He could be a like a like an edgy baby face. He could be a heel that people still liked. Like you could do like he he didn't do everything better than everybody else, but he did more things than anybody else. That's how I. That's really how I look at Shawn Michaels, and that's why Shawn Michaels is going to be a lot higher on, on the list than my personal favorites, like The Miz or Jeff Hardy or people like that, because he is the most diverse... As, as a person, he's the most diverse collection of talent. And I'm sorry, but the very next person to come along that was that diverse and that fully rounded a wrestling... Uh, pro wrestler product was CM Punk and there are people out there that will do individual things better than him there are people that could probably hang with him on the mic there are people that may be able to technically out wrestle him you get guys like Fish and O'Reilly they're in, in, in NXT right now they could probably take him down on the mat but you're not going to find very many people that are the all-arounder like he is so no he's not an individually unique entity anymore but in that individually unique entity, I still think he's one of the best. And that's that would still count for something. It'll be a diminished return from what he was six years ago and what WWE was six years ago. But to, to think that he would not show up on Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown or NXT and be at the top of the card is, is a little misleading, in my personal opinion. But also, he is not going to be the, third, the, next, the other person in this match. CM Punk versus Adam Cole at Survivor Series. <laughs> Wait, you heard it here first. Um, what are we on to now? What are we on to now? Undisputed Era versus Ciampa, Lee, and Dijak. Um, Undisputed Era needs to win for a lot of reasons. Uh, they are the actual team, whereas the other team is the thrown-together team. Uh, Undisputed Era have been in all three War Games matches so far in NXT history. Undisputed Era all have individual title-related matches the next night at Survivor Series. To the point right now, we don't know that Ciampa, Lee, Dijak, and whoever the fourth person is, let's call them CM Punk, are doing the next night on Survivor Series. So, as much as I love Ciampa individually, and when we get Ciampa versus Cole down the line, I wouldn't mind him winning the title back. There's no way his team should go over logically or just according to my fandom. That's me. I have nothing to add to that. Well, all right then. Feel like I'm sort of taking over the conversation. I, that's not. That's not like me. That, and... Yeah, that doesn't ever happen at all. You make me sound like such a bad person. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I've missed you being here, but I'm starting to reconsider that. I'm. I'm just <laughs> saying, as a fellow person that talks over people. Yeah. I, I love you listening to, like, you and Guapo and who else was on your other show? Monoxide? Chris. Monoxide? Oh, or no, Monoxide? Suave. Yes, Suave. Uh, yeah, you talked over everybody, but that's because they needed some wrangling in. Love you guys, but, but it's kind of true. The Trump impressions got to be a bit much. 
Um, oh no, that was that was on that was on that was Guapo and Monoxide. Yeah, that did the Trump impressions. Yeah. That's when I would just tune out for a little while. And then me and Guapo started doing the uh, the broken mat. Yeah, and I did the same thing, basically. You guys didn't do it for nearly as long as Monoxide and Guapo did. I cannot claim to be as obnoxious as Monoxide. That's one crown I will not take. Moving on to what I personally believe should be the main event of the show. First ever women's... War Games match at TakeOver War Games. you got Team Ripley versus Team Baszler, which is Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim taking on Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray, and NXT Champion Shayna Baszler. This is going to be a lot of fun. I, I oh, dare, it's going to be so awesome. I dare say, and not just because it's the women, but because who's involved specifically, I dare say this is going to be better than the men's match. I I very much agree. Uh, this is another match that is going to be, I like, very few times, is it true, in women's matches, or very few times would they do that in women's matches? I, I, think, I think there should be a little bit of blood. Yep. Well, there's been some blood leading up into this match, because they had, I don't know if you saw it last week, they had the ladder match between Mia Yim and Io Shirai, and basically it was for the War Games advantage. Which is dumb, because you know you always have the heels with the War Games advantage, because then the babyfaces can always play the babyface in peril. But they did the match, and Mia Yim got her face absolutely obliterated by a ladder because uh, of an errant uh, dropkick into the mm -hmm. ladder. So they're not shy about it. And, I mean, the same night they did a fake broken nose spot with Aaliyah because she's going off to get some sort of nose surgery. So they wrote her off with that. So they did do two women's blood spots in one night. So I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just... It's going to be good. And I, hate, and I hate to talk down to the other six women in this match... But this is all about Ripley and Baszler. Ripley and ba when Ripley walked on to NXT, I'm like, Ripley and Baszler, like they're going to have a match, and they did have a match, and it was interrupted by the Horsewomen and all that sort of thing. So you never got a clean finish. But Ripley Baszler for that championship is an NXT Takeover main event in itself, waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. That's when Baszler's going to drop the title and come up to the main roster. Ripley's going to carry that brand because she's a fucking star. But I mean. The other women that are getting to, I hate to say it like this, but come along for the ride. Uh, Io Shirai, since her heel turn, is fucking phenomenal. The uh, the live entrance that she did on NXT a couple weeks ago because they had uh, the band Poppy playing her to the ring was, was badass. Her entire like killer heel thing that she's got going on. Bianca Belair, who has gone face and heel, face and heel, face and heel more times than the big show. I like that they have Kaylee Ray in there because you got a little bit more representation from the NXT UK brand. And on the other side, you got Candice LeRae, you got Mia Yim, who I love. You got Tegan Knox without Dakota Kai, which is a little bit weird. But. Well, it'll be a good showcase for a lot of some women. Yeah. I mean, eventually down the line, like when, when Rhea Ripley becomes the. NXT Women's Champion, you could have her take on Kaylee Ray, Champion versus Champion. 
Uh, Ripley was the first UK women's champion. She could take on Kaylee Ray, who's the current UK women's champion. Uh, at that point, Baszler will be on the main roster. So Ripley will kind of be like queen shit on Turd Hill in NXT. And it's great. And you've got like a stacked roster developing under her. You got all the people that are on the roster right now. As I said, on a personal note, you got, Sh- you got Shotzi Blackheart coming in there soon who's going to turn that roster upside down plus you've got all the women that they call up from the NXT UK women's division as well and it's just it's an endless stream of awesome women's wrestling and this this match needs to close out the show in my opinion it won't but it needs to well actually it's NXT it might well, they've they haven't they've never been shy about women main eventing their pay per views, and even WWE when they did it with the Rumble, the women got to main event. Um, the women in their first ever Hell in the Cell match got to main event. I mean, I don't want it to be a eh, this is just what we do thing. I want it to be a okay, we want them in the main event because it's going to be badass. But either way. And isn't that really the point? It's not about putting the women's match in the main event because it's, it's a novelty. Yeah, because it's just what we do. Um, it's putting the match that deserves to be the main event as the main event, whether it be a men's match, a women's match, a tag match. A, a, whatever. Yeah, you're, I don't think you're yeah. ever gonna. I don't think you're ever gonna see the tag team championships in a pay per view main event. That's yeah, that's, but why? But why couldn't you? Because they're not AEW. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. No, but that no, that's the... To be fair, like, I, I make a lot of shots in reference to the Wednesday Night Wars and stuff like that. People have heard me say this a bunch of times now. I will give AEW all the credit in the world. They own tag team wrestling right now with, with what they're doing with, the, with between the Bucks and the... And the, uh, what do you call it? The Private Party and Proud and Powerful and the Lucha Brothers and all that. They own tag team wrestling. But in that same vein, NXT right now owns women's wrestling. And I mean outside of, like, I know there's all-female promotions out there, Roddy Roddy Raw, that's not what I'm talking about. As far as mainstream North American pro wrestling on TV, NXT owns women's wrestling. And the other part of it, too, even if you wanted to say, oh, you know, WWE are sexist and Roddy Roddy Raw, they wouldn't be doing the men's match any favors either, because the women's match is going to be better, and you don't want people to come off of that, go into the men's match, and be like, eh, this isn't so good. Be like, great, we can leave early now. Whoa, I wouldn't go that far. No. I would would not go that far. Um, But yeah, TakeOver, it's only got four matches. I mean, we got a lot of other conversation out of it, but there's only four matches, which is, it doesn't hurt my feelings, because the NXT TakeOvers tend to be a little more short, sweet, and to the point. I think that's one of their advantages. But we will move on to what will not (laughs) be that, and that is the actual Survivor Series card on Sunday. I'm going to go into the five-on-five-on-five five five matches first because okay. they're they're the incomplete matches, so I just want to talk about them and get them out of the way. But before we talk about the individual matches, quick thought out to you. If NXT doesn't sweep this pay-per-view, is it a failure? Wait, repeat the question? If NXT... Because all, ma- all the matches are Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT... If NXT doesn't... Okay, maybe not win every match, but if NXT doesn't win the night overall, does this come off like a failed experiment? No, I don't think so. Because the biggest... the Remember the original iteration of NXT that led to the Nexus? 
and the Nexus came in, and they invaded the main roster, and then they took it all the way to Survivor Series, and you had the Nexus versus Team Cena, and Team Cena won, and it's like, well, fuck, that was a mistake, wasn't it? Um, it won't be nearly that bad, and I'm I'm pulling a really, really bad example out of my ass, but I think there could be a little sliver of that feeling if if NXT doesn't come out as the winner overall on sun on Sunday. Because we said it before we came on the air, I think. NXT is the selling point of this year's Survivor Series. I, there was just a weird pause right there. Yeah, there was. I, I thought... See, I think you thought I was talking, and I thought you were talking, and that just happened. NXT, yep. NXT being the selling point of this year's Survivor Series because the whole Raw vs. SmackDown thing is played out and nobody takes it seriously is that fair to say especially with that all... is very that is very fair to say especially... And especially since you know we see people from both shows on the other show we're just getting over the wild card era uh we just had another draft most of the people that are on their respective brands have only been on there for like six weeks or so so raw versus smackdown isn't believable but main roster versus nxt is, is a rivalry that already exists in the fandom. And I think just leaning on that makes this an important show. Agreed, but I I don't think if NXT doesn't come out completely on top that it's a failure. Yeah. Oh, I don't, th- I don't think they need to sweep. I think that, that was the wrong word. I don't think you need to have every single other person from every other brand lie down for NXT in, in an absolute wash. But I think, like... If it comes out that, like, you know, Raw has two wins, SmackDown has three wins, NXT gets five, or something like that, I think, whether it's by an inch or a mile, I think Smack- or NXT needs to win the night. That's just for me personally, because I think, if nothing else, if the main roster wins over NXT, you're going to get the same sort of reaction that the Hell in the Cell match between The Fiend and Rollins guys. Like, what the fuck are you doing? These are clearly the people we like. <laughs> But, that being said, we've got two matches where we don't know who's representing NXT. Um, the 5-on-5-on-5 five 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 Survivor Series match, which is awesome, and I'm looking forward to that just because it's going to be a big pile of people. You've got, from Raw, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan. Taking on, from SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross. Taking on, fill in the blank, times five from NXT. I will be happy. I think this will be a clusterfuck of a match. I think most of the Survivor Series, five on five, especially with the extra five people. Yeah, there's only two of them. Right? There there will always be... I Actually, I'm not sure. Are there only two people in the ring at the same time? Is it like Tornado Tag? I believe it's two people in at once. Or it's, triple it, threat tags. It's like it's like being a yeah, like being in a triple threat tag. There's two people in it once, but you can tag anybody from any any side. I believe that's how it is, but they haven't really confirmed it. I will say because I think she's starting to gain some traction. Because it's WWE, and so stuff the, the rules don't just apply. Happens. Happens. The only way I am okay, especially with what we just went over, and NXT is is beating AEW. 
in the in the war in the sense that they have the better women's division. NXT actually got better ratings than AEW this week, and that makes me smile. Um, I, I will th- be the I will play devil's advocate and say that a lot of people are saying it's because there were main roster people on NXT. Okay, but that's the thing though, like a hundred percent of AEW. I'm went telling up against you, 100%. I'm playing devil's advocate. I know, I know, and I'm giving you my response, like. Any given Wednesday where AEW wins, AEW beat WWE. No, they beat one-third of WWE. To have a little bit of Raw and SmackDown presence on SmackDown means when WWE is at 100%, AEW loses. That's how how that translates for me. Now, but what I will say, in all seriousness, without the sarcasm, is where NXT is winning is their women's division. So I think if you then crap on them by saying five of them are losers when they go up against Raw and SmackDown is not a really good it's not a really good picture. But on a personal level, on a who am I a fan of level, if NXT doesn't win, I will only accept that the sole survivor of this match is Nikki Cross representing SmackDown because I love that Nikki Cross. is never gonna happen. It it could happen. Why do you very crush... small percentage chance? Of Why do you crush my dreams? That's my second choice. I, my I first just, choice. I just don't want you to be. I just don't want you to be real sad at the end. Weren't you the one that said that WWE was never going to do the broken gimmick? I wasn't real sad about that. <laughs> no, you were really sad about the graveyard dogs. <laughs> exactly. I was. I was really sad about that. In a in a very legitimate way, I was very sad about that. But not in like a no, there's no that's perfectly explained. It was just really sad. I love that we finished that review after I after I sent you the graphic while we were recording. And I, I think you put something up on Twitter after the fact that was like, hey, I just did Get Hyped with Spaz, except it's not Get Hyped. It's just hashtag Get Sad. Hashtag Get Real Real Sad. Real Sad. It was. That, that was almost verbatim. <laughs> I think, honestly, if you ask The Graveyard me, Dogs is real sad. Is it, though? We don't hate Roman Reigns as much as we used to. No, but it's still sad to me. Anyways, I know in all reality the scenario where Nikki Cross is the sole survivor out of these 15 women is not going to happen because NXT should win this. And if you really want me to go out on a limb, I think NXT should win this without taking a single loss. Like all five women still standing in the ring when the match is over. I don't think they go that far, but NXT needs to win this. And if Rhea Ripley is on that team, Rhea Ripley needs to be the sole survivor because she's a fucking star, if I haven't mentioned that already. Now, I agree. On to the men's, where it becomes less of a, it becomes more or less of a clusterfuck depending on how you look at it. Um, again, we don't know who's on the NXT team, but for Raw, we have Rollins, everybody's favorite, right? Right? Yeah. The king of yeah. Twitter, Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah. Rollins, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Randy Orton, which. Everybody's opinion of Rollins aside, that's a hell of a team for Raw. Um, I mean, you, you know what's sad? You know those old real, real adages, sad. Real, real sad. Uh, you know those adages that you know you either you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Isn't that what's kind of happened to Seth Rollins recently? 
to a is, lesser is extent. It though? Is it though? Because we we like, used to we used to appreciate. We used to appreciate, like, if Stone Cold Steve That's what Austin. I'm we used to appreciate Seth Rollins, and we used to be like, you know, Seth, because he's Seth fucking Rollins. And now we're like, oh, oh, it's Seth fucking Rollins. Now. But you know, the thing is, though, is partially, it's not what he's doing, it's who he's doing it against. And, and AEW and some of these indie people that he's targeting are like the sacred cows of the internet. So you can't, you, we want you to be badass, and we want you to not give a fuck, but just not with, with the people that we like. But it used to be... Just go get Twitter lessons from your fiancé. No, like... And I'm gonna be... I'm gonna be really, really sad. Oh, back in my day! But we used to look up to... In, in the wrestling context. I don't mean in, in real life. But in the wrestling context, we used to look up to people that came off like they absolutely didn't give a fuck. Now, Rollins... Probably in the lamest way possible, but Rollins doesn't give a single fuck. So if this was happening ten years ago people would be behind him. They wouldn't necessarily agree with every, what, everything exactly. he's saying. He's, exactly. He's only ten years behind everybody else. Wow. You twisted that a whole bunch. Um, no, I just think... That's what you just said! No, I think back in the day, people would be behind him. It's like, you know what? I may not agree with what he's saying, but good for him not giving a shit and put his, putting his opinion out there. His gimmick is only ten years old. Okay, I'm done. Are you? I don't think you are, because we got more shit to make fun of that's not even I, Seth Rollins. I might not be done. Okay, so that's a pretty decent, uh, in wrestling terms, that's a pretty decent team for Raw. Rollins, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton. On SmackDown, and wait for it, we've got Roman Reigns, King Baron Corbin... Braun Strowman. It already hurts. <laughs> Braun Strowman, who just lost to a non-wrestler in Saudi Arabia. Mustafa Ali, who finally got his first name back. And Shorty G. Oh, I forgot about that. I'm real sad again. <laughs> the walking. Remember gator when you were? Remember when you were like, get hyped. It's not, it's not hype anymore. It's get sad. <laughs> it's get sad. Get real sad. Shorty G. <sighs> the walking Gatorade. He's such I'm a sorry. fucking good wrestler, too. I'm sorry that, I'm sorry that the son of Kurt Angle gimmick was taken from you, dude. I know, it was supposed to be you, not Jason Jordan. Kurt Angle's black son, Jason you. Jordan. It was supposed to be you, Chad Gabriel, and now and Chad now you're Gabriel. <laughs> Chad Gabriel. Chad Gabriel. I said Gable. I'm gonna play this for you later on. You said Chad Gabriel. I said Gable. Okay. Whatever. People in the comment section, tell Kristen or tweet her at Black Cat Feline that she said Chad Gabriel just now. You said Chad Gabriel. Not I said chance. Chad Gable. Not a chance. Anyways, Anyways, Shorty G. <laughs> I think it's great because before Mustafa Ali got his first name back, he was teaming with Shorty G for a little bit, and they were the joke online was that they were going to be the Ali G's, which is terrible. I'm just passing by that. I just I don't know who's on the NXT team. I kind of 
you know when you know when you're willing to give something away so that you can get something else later on. I'm willing to have NXT lose this match if it means some of the other matches that I see here get an NXT win. Uh, Rollins, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Owens, and Orton for Raw. If they win, it won't hurt my feelings. If they do some like super underdog shorty G's, the last guy standing, I'm out. I'm done. I'm tapping. <laughs> like. And I mean, King I Cor- now want that more than anything. <laughs> you got King Corbin out there in his like Game of Thrones cosplay, <laughs> who got promos cut on him by The Rock and Becky Lynch. King Corbin, sole survivor, done. <laughs> you know what? For the morbid level on on the on the short and Freud kind of level. If, if Baron Corbin wins, and he is the absolute sole survivor, like I said about Cross a second ago, like, if he is, out of the 15 people, the last person standing, it would be kind of morbidly apropos, because he was the one guy from NXT that hated being an NXT guy. So that would be, on a real jackass, truly heel level, there would be some value to that, I think. And plus, you know... Jackass heels having stuff to brag about is is just a thing that that needs to happen. Wouldn't that be the perfect thing for him to brag about? He would like start comparing. Just be, okay to take a shot at AEW. He could start bragging that I last I outlasted fourteen other guys. That's better than beating The Rock and Austin in a single night. <laughs> oh, I should not be encouraging this behavior. Okay, let's talk about some actual title matches. Brock Lesnar, back on Monday Night Raw as the WWE Champion because he saved that title from Kofi Kingston and will move on, is going to take on Rey Mysterio in a no-disqualification match for the WWE Championship. I like how you sped through that so that I couldn't, like, say anything, but I wasn't going to because I've already clearly voiced my opinion (laughs) on Brock Lesnar, so. Oh, I thought you were going to say because I'm picking on poor Kofi Kingston. But Brock versus Rey is going to be good because even people that don't like Brock admit that he has better matches with small dudes from AJ Styles, yeah. to, AJ Styles to Daniel Bryan to Finn Balor. Uh, when I gives... just have, for some reason, this match and not even just Brock Lesnar, I just have no interest in this match. I am morbidly curious as to what the match is literally going to look like. It's going to look like a slaughter, but how Rey Mysterio is able to operate within what is a Brock Lesnar match, uh, I'm kind of on the fence of, like, they might use this to, like, get some interference from Cain Velasquez, or, you know, Paul Heyman might do some shit. I... The rumors are Rey Mysterio's thinking about not re-upping his contract and possibly going to AEW, where they do a lot more good lucha things. I was about to say, is AEW even in the market for him? Okay, I would just like to add that I don't feel like AEW is the new TNA where they just pick up anyone that fucking just left WWE. Oh yeah, and they've said that a bunch of times. And I kind of resent the fact that everybody's like, as soon as they leave WWE, oh, they're going to AEW. I don't. Oh like no, that's but so I think I think AEW, and I'll as I say, we'll give them the credit where it's due. I think they would use Rey Mysterio incredibly well, 
because they've gone out of their way to sort of talk about like having a diverse roster and all this sort of thing and you can tell the promotional machine that's behind the Lucha Brothers and that already kind of existed anyways um but yeah, if if he went over to the other side and you got a couple like Rey Mysterio versus Pentagon matches or something like that, I wouldn't entirely mind it. So I could see WWE throwing Rey a token world title run to have him stay around a bit longer. Uh, that combined with the fact that you know Rey's really trying to help his son get into wrestling and all that sort of thing, and I'm pretty sure WWE is is having a big hand in that. But and that's the other thing too. There's always the the chance that Ray's son comes in and turns heel and like fucks over his dad, and then you get a Ray versus Dominic match. But um, there there's a lot of extenuating circumstances around the match, which always makes a match interesting, even if it's not necessarily interesting like bell to bell. So I'm intrigued by this match, and like I say, Brock Good. has you. You can be. I am yeah. not. And as I say, like I don't personally like Brock Lesnar, but I have a great appreciation for what the element that he brings to the WWE, whether people want to admit it or not, and he's got a decent track record of giving a shit when he's in there with the smaller guys. So These are these are true things. Yes. And I just lost my place. Give me one second. Okay. Still here. This is excellent audio for the people that are listening to this. If you're listening exactly. to us, if you're listening to us for the first time, hit me up at on Twitter at SpazPhoenix1. Tell me where you're listening. Are you listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor FM, Google, Radio Public? Uh, is these are it, cool things that we would like to know. These are cool. These are definitely cool things that I would like to know. And if it's a week from now and you're listening to this really late, which is kind of weird, tell me if we uh, made it on the Stitcher or not. Moving on. On SmackDown, another one that's kind of weird and sort of predictable is The Fiend Bray Wyatt taking on Daniel Bryan. I can dig it. I don't know if I dig it. I dig it because it's Daniel Bryan and uh, and uh, Bray Wyatt. I don't... But... I... I, I will also say that I'm one of those people that was not keen about The Fiend winning the title in the first place. I do. Because I my, feel like he's never, he wasn't supposed to be a gimmick that, that needed a title. Champion, that needed to be championed. As much as people made fun of it the entire time, and as much as people laughed when he was drafted to SmackDown, oh, what are they going to do? They're going to make the belt blue now? Well, they did make the belt. And they, and, they, and they did fucking do that. And they did make that the belt. That happened. Blue, and it looks better than it did when it was red, because at least it doesn't look like a fruit roll-up. Um, I don't know what to say here, really, because The Fiend can't lose. Daniel Bryan is in this weird, like, tweener stage where he's all conflicted, and there's every reason why he should be easy pickings for The Fiend. And Daniel Bryan, we know, can play that conflicted character real well. Like, he's not being the super, like, mega recycle guy heel, but he hasn't really embraced the fans yet either. He's got this little Sami Zayn faction of, like, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro that want him to be a part of it. And I think that could be interesting and fun. But, like, Daniel Bryan's in that no-man's land of, like, character and motivation and whatever. So he... By every logical reasoning, he should be easy pickings for this new revamped Bray Wyatt. And plus, I just like The Fiend. I don't care. Like, make him a champion. Don't make him a champion. You know, change the color of the belt 12 times. The Fiend is just fun. 
And the fiend is fun, but I just I never felt like he should have a title because I was worried about like this part of it. I don't think I don't I don't think he shouldn't have had it. I don't think he should have had it this soon for sure. I think he should have had it eventually. Like, because I mean, go back in time in in our way back machine, you could have said the same thing about the Undertaker. That's true. And I don't mean to make that cliche comparison. Oh, every dark mythical character we have to compare them to the Undertaker, but. I mean, it's true. Like, it didn't hurt him. I mean, him. yeah. It didn't hurt him to be champion. <laughs> like, as retarded a sentence as that sounds, um, Wyatt could have definitely gotten this down the line. Wyatt could have had a storyline, like, a year from now when he defined his character a bit more and, like, had some sort of... I don't want to say prop, but, like, some sort of ornamental, like... Like the Steve Austin broken skull belt that he had even when he wasn't really the champion to have him walk up to a champion and hold up his own championship belt and then he wins the title from that champion and whatever that ornament that he has in his possession becomes representative of the actual title. But you need a lot more time to play that out. And they went the short game. They went Hell in the Cell, which was an amazing match with the shittiest ending in history. They really played it out like a horror movie, and for the most part, I think it worked really well, even though, you know, Seth Rollins being the final girl in the horror movie was weird. It was good. It was cool. He had that whole, like, Michael Myers, like, you could stab him in the chest and he would still keep walking towards you element, like, down pat. And if it wasn't for the way that match ended, it would have been great. But they did it too soon, and they did it for the title, and then they had to fix it in Saudi Arabia, and they wrecked it. They had this really, really awesome thing, and they wrecked it. And it bums me out, because I saw the debut of The Fiend live in Toronto at the Scotiabank Arena, and it was fucking amazing. And they fucked it up in, like, three months. <laughs> Fiend has to win here. Has I... to, but will he? I don't... And see, like, WWE doesn't do what we want, but I can't even see a reason that benefits WWE to do it. Like, if it was Roman Reigns, or, or Roman Reigns the way he was pushed like a year ago, WWE would put would have him win because they think Roman Reigns needs to be a champion. I don't needs think... Needs to look strong. Okay. I know the joke is old now. The joke is old as fuck. <laughs> uh, CM, Punk, yeah, on, CM Punk has left and come back, and the joke is still going. But, I mean, like, even from a WWE perspective, I don't in any way, shape, or form believe that WWE believes Daniel Bryan needs to be champion. Uh, yeah, I Daniel Bryan does not need to be champion. Uh, he's He's got a lot of other things going. I really want to see how do this. You, how do you predict it? How do you predict it uh, ending, then? Just clean victory for the Fiend? I think clean because Daniel Bryan knows the value of putting somebody over, much like Finn Balor. Finn Balor did an amazing job at SummerSlam of putting over The Fiend as this brand new entity, whatever. Daniel Bryan definitely has that. He can do that. Um, I think maybe you get some interference from this little Sami Zayn faction, and The Fiend just like batters them off like they're nothing, and that'd be fine, and then they get back to the match. I think the match will ultimately end clean. I think the match will end with the Mandible Claw. I think... The progression of The Fiend is great, like because the old Bray Wyatt used to use Sister Abigail as a finisher, but now because he's so much more, the Sister Abigail is just a setup. I think that's a cool little storytelling tweak, 
and the fact mm-hmm. that he's he took out McFoley and then adopted the Mandible Claw, like he took that from him. I mean, now I'm not saying that you know he, the Fiend needs to start doing yes kicks to Daniel Bryan, because that would be weird. But I think wouldn't that be he just te- he defeats that person and then just starts using their fucking finisher? Yeah, that would be a cool gimmick, but not for a, not for a character like the Fiend. I think simply no, it was the gimmick Seth Rollins was doing for like a minute. Oh, when he was the was the Triple H protege, and then he started doing the pedigree and could never do it properly. Exactly, but like somebody needs to do that, but like good. I would love to see, honestly, because he's facing Daniel Bryan, who is a little bit on the smaller side, and it would be easy to do. I would love to see him, like, because he took the the Sister Abigail from being a finisher to just being a setup, I would love to see him, like, expand on the Mandible Claw. Like, lock the Mandible Claw on somebody, but, like, choke slam them from a Mandible Claw position instead of grabbing them by the throat. Because you'd, you'd literally be picking somebody up by their jaw and slamming them. I think that could be really cool, because... I would love to see, uh, they've, they've played it off where he's put the Mandible Claw on somebody and he's held it on them so long that it counted as a pin, but I think the Mandible Claw as an offensive maneuver instead of as a submission maneuver, that could be played around with, because Bray Wyatt's a, a big, jacked up, strong dude, like, he's not a small guy, he could make that modification, like, that could be another evolution in the, uh... Well, and I think it would make, make, see, the Mandible Claw has never been, like, an interesting submission to me, <laughs> no, it's more meni- the the idea of it is menacing it as long as you more, don't think about yes. it. Yes, exactly. As long as you don't think too hard about it. But I think that would make it. I think that would that would help a lot for people like me that like don't find it that interesting. I think that the the ad- making it into a like semi choke slam kind of thing. I think that would be a different twist on. It that isn't just the same. So Bray, Bray Wyatt needs to adopt the Mandible Slam. The, the Mandible Slam. What is it? Uh, Britt Baker in AEW. And I think it ties in extra well because she's an actual dentist in real life. But she's got that thing where she gets them in the rings of Saturn. But instead of locking it around the neck, she then like grabs their jaw and like presses on the nerve on the inside of your jaw. And, like, because she's a dentist and she works with shit like that, she's actually done a video explaining what she's doing, explaining what that nerve is and whatever, and it's just like, ah. Because, yeah, it's going to hurt like a bitch, but also, you got your fingers in my mouth. <laughs> but, like, there's a there's an inbuilt... I, uh, when, okay, so, uh, I, I, for everybody that didn't know, I did watch, uh, some AEW when they, when they got the TV deal, like I said, they, like I said I would. I love Britt Baker. I started following her immediately on Twitter. I, even even if it's a little bit cheesy, I love the the doctor gimmick, even though it's not a gimmick because she is actually a dentist. Like I fuck I fucking love that. I, love I think it's cool shit. that she gets to bring I an like, element of her real life into her character. Exactly, like you you want I that love. for everybody. I I love the fact that she is like actually a fucking dentist. I love yeah. that shit. But there's an inbuilt reason that she like, would have a, a move that affects she, your jaw. She she fucking went to school to be a dentist, and now she's like a fucking professional wrestler. But she is dentist to the roster. Like, to a lot of people on the roster. 
it's Which fucking is awesome. I mean, Jim Ross needs to stop sitting there on commentary being like, she could knock your teeth out and put them back in for you. Like, that needs to stop. But... I think that was good the first couple times. Yeah, not literally every time she has a match. I love Jim Ross, but but he Like I said, I started following her on Twitter immediately, which made me realize that isn't she like dating uh, Adam, Cole. Adam Cole? Mrs. Cole, baby. Baby. Anyways, no, I just thought like to your point, like the mandible claw as as a Mick Foley move is boring, but that's where a little storyline tweak or a little two seconds to explain, like, hey, this is what I'm actually doing to them, makes all the difference. Like, ma uh, Mankind back in the day wasn't articulate to to say stuff like that, and Mankind isn't a dentist, as far as we know, but there's, there's, there's a big difference in context. Anyways, yeah, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, should use the Mandible Slam. He's definitely going to beat... Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan's got a feud to have with Sami Zayn later on down the line, which is going to be awesome, because Sami Zayn Yeah, is... that's going to be fucking sweet. Sami Zayn's character right now is extra as fuck, and I'm here for it's it. It's the best kind of extra, though. But, like, he doesn't wrestle. <laughs> like, that's fine. Two of He's... the best wrestlers in WWE don't wrestle. You realize that? And they're both managers. There's Sami Zayn, and there's Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega needs to wrestle, too. It's an entirely different story, but Sami Zayn being this super extra cheerleader for... <coughs> excuse me. For Shinsuke Nakamura is fucking great. But when he gets his rivalry kicking off with Daniel Bryan, that's going to be special. Anyways, speaking of Adam Cole, Adam Cole is going to defend his title against somebody... Against somebody. Dunn, oh yeah, that's right. Pete Dunne, Killian Dane, or Damian Priest. He's gonna win, regardless. I think the story here isn't whether or not Adam Cole can defend his championship. It's that the NXT championship is being defended on a main roster Big Four pay-per-view. I don't think exactly. Gonna, I don't think they're gonna I, try I too many stories that. at once there. And I mean, Adam Cole is like the star of NXT, other than Finn Balor, which is sort of a different category. Uh, not much to say here. I think it's going to be an excellent match. If it does come down to being Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole again, I mean, that's not going to hurt my feelings, but Pete Dunne will take that title when Adam Cole leaves. Now we get into the title versus title versus title matches, and we've got three of them. We've got the SmackDown Tag Team Champions versus the NXT Tag Team Champions, versus the Raw Tag Team Champions, a.k.a. the New Day, versus Fish and O'Reilly from the Undisputed Era, versus the Viking Raider Warrior Experience. I know that's not what they're called, but that's how I choose to believe. <laughs> that's how I choose to refer to them. Now, the interesting thing was, just last week, the New Day got the titles off the Revival which everybody was bummed about because if they had left them on the revival, this would be a, just a triple threat of former NXT tag team champions, which is probably why they did that. Yeah. As it stands, I think this will probably be one of those ones that we might give to the main roster. And the new day is a, is a quick, easy, everybody can be happy for them win. I mean, new day, 
is sort of in a weird spot right now because Xavier Woods is out injured. Everybody else out there in the world thinks that Kofi Kingston was so wronged when Brock Lesnar came and stole the WWE Championship from him in such a such a harrowing effort that lasted five seconds. Um, I mean, sarcasm aside, there's a lot of reasons you could get behind the New Day right now. Not everybody knows who the Undisputed Era are, and I don't think the Viking Raiders are hitting a stride on the main roster. So, quick happy win for the New Day. I could live with that. I, I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Here's where it gets a little bit more fun. The last two matches that we're going to talk about here, and yes, I'm leaving the women for the main event again, because that's what I do. The Battle of the Mid-Card Champions. Roderick Strong versus AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Dude, that's going to be a really good match. This is where... Except you, I don't think you like Roderick Strong. No, no, you don't like Cassius Ono. I don't like Moving Cass- on. I don't I didn't like Roderick Strong until he joined the Undisputed Era. When he was like babyface, bland as fuck Roderick Strong, no. Couldn't be paid to give a fuck. Ever since he joined the Undisputed Era and turned on this like dorky heel thing that he's got going on, all good. When he was like the white meat babyface going up against like Bobby Roode back when Bobby Roode was good, I couldn't have given a fuck about Roderick Strong. Back <laughs> when Bobby Roode was good. I mean, he's no, one... No, I, I mean, the, you're not wrong. He's I, one I of the Knights that, of King Cor- Corbin's I, I castle hate now. That you're not, I hate that you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, did you not see on SmackDown that, like, Ziggler and Rude are, like, knights in King Corbin's court? No, because if I watch that, then I can't unsee it. <laughs> Does it is it sad? Hashtag real, real sad? It's not even, it's, it's, it doesn't even deserve that. Here is my, here, here's my thought on this, and here's where the main roster really needs to thank NXT for existing. I mean, other than all the other reasons they need to thank them for existing. Now, when they first came to WWE, respectively, if you had told me that we were going to get US Champion AJ Styles versus Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura, both of them fresh off of their runs in Japan, off their runs on the indie scene people would be salivating for that match alone. Fair? Yes. But then we got that. At and Rus- it was... At WrestleMania. Okay. And for the next, like, five pay-per-views. And it was just five pay-per-views in a row of two grown, uh, of two okay. grown men kicking each other in the dick. So at this stage, at Survivor Series 2019 in, what is it, four or five days or whatever... I don't think people would blink at just Styles versus Nakamura, which is incredibly sad. Because I like Styles, I like Nakamura. Nakamura is another one of those wrestlers right now that has the I do not give a single fuck vibe going on. Well, why would you if you were him? Uh, but he's basically admitted that he's staying in WWE so that he can keep his like lifelong vacation in North America going on. And I'm like, yo, if you're if you're that honest about it, then then good on you, buddy. AJ Styles is AJ Styles, like you can't. Well, and AJ Styles is here because he's like, I basically once I'm done with WWE, I'm done. Yeah. And I would like to make a lot of money so that I can send my thirteen kids to college or however many he has. <laughs> and go on more po- podcasts and debunk toxic masculinity. Anyways, um. I, like, it bothers me so much that they need Roderick Strong in this match to make AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura interesting. Well, but it's because it, they 
fucked it up before. Or but at the I same, don't know if they fucked it up. Uh, whoever made the matches, WWE maybe. Yeah, well, whoever whoever made it into a like we're trying to get an advertising campaign for like jock straps going story, like that's basically whoever what, made it into a, a dick kicking competition. Yes, but like, like as much as I hate that they need Roderick Strong to make Styles versus Nakamura interesting, Roderick Strong does make AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura fucking interesting. Well, and because I, we know in the from the past. What AJ Styles versus Shinsei Nakamura is, Roderick yeah. Strong makes it different. But but it also gives us individual because I mean and and adding Roderick Strong. Sorry, I'm interrupting you, but and okay. adding Roderick Strong also could reboot what Shinsuke versus AJ Styles is for the future. Absolutely true. Uh, my my point was going to be the typical. I, I hate picking on WWE for this because sometimes you can't help but be a little bit cookie cutter, but the cookie cutter style of a WWE triple threat match is two guys fighting and one guy like recovering on the outside. Repeat uh-huh. as necessary, people cycle in, people cycle out, and eventually you get some double team spots, etc. Somebody gets a cheap shot in on somebody because it's no disqualification, and we go from there. But that means, at various points on Sunday, we're going to be getting, individually, Roderick Strong versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and Roderick Strong versus AJ Styles. And the third part of that, where it's AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, if they keep that to a minimum, it'll feel like we're getting two new matches in one match. And mm-hmm. I think they can play to that strength very well. And Roderick Strong should win. I'm 50-50 whether they will have him win, though. I just think it's going to be a good match. And like I said, um, AJ versus Shinsuke was a match that everybody kind of really wanted to see. And then it didn't do, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be in de- for WWE. And... I feel like this match could reboot for the future, like I said, reboot for the future, the idea of what that is, and make it more more of something that people want to see. See, the only way that works, right, when they fought at WrestleMania, one of the reasons it didn't work before the kick in the dick was it was a face-versus-face match. Like, there was a little bit mm-hmm. of shit talk between the two of them, but they were both faces for the most part and at the very end Shinsuke turned heel and then AJ Styles who's easy to like because he's an entertaining guy but not easy to like as in hey that's a really good guy was carrying the babyface role now that he's heel now that he's got the club behind or the OC which is stupid uh behind him if they manage to bring Shinsuke Nakamura back around to babyface then you turn the dynamic on its head then you might have a new match. And if you just, like, avoid... Just avoid kicking people in the dick. That would be great. (laughs) What we're saying is no more kicking in the dick. I don't know if we've emphasized that enough in in this segment. The thing is as well, though, and I hate to harp on this because we were saying it in the takeover and we've said it in every triple threat match so far, triple threat matches are no DQ. Or in, in, Supposedly. In theory, in, in the canon of wrestling, until they decide to ignore it, there's no DQ in a triple threat match, because if you disqualify one person, there's still two people left, so who won? Like, that's basically the logic. I'm sorry, of- I love the idea that, I feel like that's, sorry, you just made me giggle, because 
I love the idea. Remember when I'm going to pull something out of left field. Sorry. Uh, remember when uh, in Star Wars, per se, when Disney was like, hey, all these books in the Star Wars universe uh, that, that were written before we bought Star Wars, those aren't canon anymore. I just have a feeling that WWE wishes they could, like, make that level of announcement on something where yeah. it's like, yeah, remember remember when, when these two guys were, like, fucking buddies? Or, like, remember when the Bella Twins were, like, fucking, like, one of them screamed, uh, I wish you had died in the womb? That's, that's no longer canon. That's uh. no longer canon. You know, you know what shouldn't be no longer canon. What? And none of the, I don't think any of them are fighting on Sunday. Rusev, Bobby Lashley, and Lana. One day in the future, WWE is going to be like that's that's no longer canon. I just feel like that Vince, that so, that especially some writers in WWE wish that they could go this. Remember when people are like. Wait, didn't two weeks ago, like, this shit happen? They could go, yeah, that's not canon anymore. And why isn't it canon anymore? Because stuff just, just happens. happens. Now, but here's the thing, though, and here's where this match could all fall apart, right? And I'm going on the theory that triple threat matches are no disqualification. But... Until it's not canon anymore. Yes. I think, I think we've established that. I um, know, but I wanted to say it again. So you've got three guys in a potentially no disqualification match. AJ Styles is a heel with backup. Shinsuke Nakamura is a heel with backup. And Roderick Strong is a heel with backup. What are the chances that we get a ring full of like eight or nine grown men all kicking each other in the dick? <laughs> The fact that that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yes. Or you even... know what? If they're if they're gonna if they're gonna like fuck over a match, that's maybe the best way. You to know fuck what? I'm it kind over. of okay with it too, because like AJ Styles just make it ridiculous. I mean, Nakamura's got Sami Zayn in his corner. Styles has the Good Brothers in his corner, and Roderick Strong could potentially have the entire Undisputed Era in his corner. The the chance as as I added up, the chances of this just turning into a dick kick party are are going up and up and up. They really are. And if they and I'm not gonna lie, I think you just said it, and I'm gonna say it again. If they want to choose one match on this card to be the absolute like nobody really gives a fuck, let's just be really fucking banter and silly. This is the match to do it with, honestly. But I'll tell you where you don't do it. I'll tell you where you absolutely do not do it is the battle of the women's champions. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler versus new heel Bailey. Again, I, I, I hate to sound like a busted flush here. This should be the main event. Because this is the one that's the most intriguing. It is that. And I'm going to go against everything I've said in this recording so far. Up until maybe three weeks ago, I was going to say Baszler needs to win. She's the NXT champion. Da 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 da. The women are where we're all winning right now, especially on the Wednesday Night War, etc. Baszler could totally eat a loss here. That's how strong she is right now. I really think, not that I necessarily want her to win, but the one that needs the win in this match is Bailey. 
Isn't that in most matches that Bailey is in? That yeah, Bayley, but this with how they booked her. Well, mostly because they in... just book her pathetically most of the time. But because she, yes. she's, she's in this new heel role, and you can tell she hasn't really settled into it yet. Like she's cutting promos, but it's not like listen to me, listen to what a heel I am. It's more like th- this. Uh, this is what a bad guy would say, right? Yeah, like, she's very timid in her healness right like, now. Like, they have, and I hate to say this because I cannot stand Sasha Banks, but they've got Sasha Banks standing next to her like a crutch. And the amount of times, and I don't think it's intentional, the amount of times that she looks to Sasha Banks, like, while she's talking, it's it's really telling. It's like she's cosplaying a heel. And... What if that's the whole gimmick? She's what, like, this is what a heel's supposed to be. Yeah, but where, like, where does a gimmick, and I'm not saying that you're wrong, like, because it very much could be the thing, but where does a gimmick like that go? Like, I understand very much the gimmick of this is what a good person should do, and then you try to be a good person and you realize you're an asshole, and then you basically become Lucifer. I assume it's the the opposite of that, because she, the whole story could be is that she wasn't getting anywhere as a face being being good being good so she's like i'm gonna do the opposite of that and maybe that'll help me out but she's not good at being bad if you can't be good be bad yes um yeah like i don't know like i say like she is very her heel she's very timid in this new heel role and i don't think it is a good look if you're gonna be a heel if she's gonna be like a fake heel where she does like healy things but then like feel bad about it i guess or the other thing bailey has needed a new thing for forever because they just have you i know i know you watch what culture we've already been over that have you seen the video that adam cleary did about why she's not allowed to actually wear the belt properly i haven't seen it but you can tell from the top from the thumbnail why that is because it like her gear says bay and then lee underneath so the a the e and the w of the belt would say aew and that's real petty and her but the funny thing is her own ring gear which they had to have approved is basically that like rusty gold aew color it's weird. Do you think right? she really just hates it in WWE and she this is her secret way of like I just fuck this place. I will say when she came out after the pay-per-view and she had she had like the hoodie on and she pulled the hoodie back and I'm like what the fuck looks different? Oh, she doesn't have the retarded side bob thing going on anymore. And then she just like she went out and she got like a broom or like oh, she's just bringing a weapon to the ring. It's like no, that's a that's a broom with a spike on the end and she like slaughters the Bailey buddies, which was fucking great. That was better than any match or promo or anything that she's ever done. Cuz I mean, she had the annoying Bailey music before, but now she's just got like generic rock 5 as her entrance music. And it's only good by the virtue of the fact that it's not her old music. Uh-huh. I mean, it's weird to say because I think her winning, it makes functional sense, but it's not what I want. I mean, I would take either of the other two winning over her, but I also acknowledge that she's the one that needs it. I think Becky She Lynch does. Is... She needs it. 
Becky Lynch is Teflon. Like, whatever you think of Becky Lynch at this point, you're going to think that whether or not she wins or loses this match. Baszler is a badass, and she can re-up herself again in a week. I want Baszler to win, because like I say, I want that NXT sweep. But if WWE... Then, is... But you're right, Bailey needs it more. And she needs to... I do like the fact that she's doing a new finisher. It's like a falling forward DDT thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not like the Bailey to Belly. I like the Bailey to Belly, but it should be a setup. Like, if she did the Bailey to Belly, and then that was the setup for the Savage Elbow, which she did a lot as well. Like, if that, if, if that was the one-two punch, or if her whole thing was Just, like... <clears throat> remember remember the match that... The, the match that her and Sasha Banks had, where it was like the one that's like, oh, it was so great, it should have been the main event. Like, it was that good a match. It was and then the, the match next pay-per-view like... it was. Yes, but, so you remember that match, yes, right? So it had that really crazy spot off the top, top rope, and holy shit, I think they're dead, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because she, she did the Poison Huracanrana. Yes, and but then it ended awkwardly for me. Like, you were still hyped about it, but it ended a little awkwardly because she was like, oh, fuck, I have to do my finisher as the last move instead of this. And then, like, did that awkward Bailey to Belly at the end. And see, here's the thing, though, right? Where people, it was like, people fuck, shit on... I have to end with my finisher. People shit on that, right? Because it's I like, was oh, like, my God. That's weird, but, yeah, this is still awesome. It's It's... And, and I have this debate with people a lot, and it's not specific to Bailey, but it's like there's a whole lot of matches, especially like high-flying, like Young Bucks-style matches, where they do all this insane shit, and then like some quick super kick might actually be the end of the match. And they're, oh, that doesn't make sense. How did they survive all this? And then this was enough to put them away. It's like, no, this was enough to put them away because they survived all this. Picture like a fight meter on a video game. You could have a million big... Oh, no, I totally, I totally get that. Sorry. Like, you can do a couple, a lot of big moves that get somebody to, like, 99% damage, and all you have to do is give them one punch, and that ends the match. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense, because one punch shouldn't do it. It's like, no, everything that happened before the punch led to that. And I just uh, think I, it's... I do agree with you, but I do... The Bailey to Belly's awkward, distinctly... yeah. Yes, it was... It was... The way they did it was kind of awkward because they had that big thing, and I feel like it was like right immediately after the Bailey to Belly. Like Sasha Banks was down, she could have pinned her, but instead she got up and was like, "Oh, well, I gotta do the my finisher now." See, you know what would have been cool if they had turned her heel in NXT, they could have done it right there, right? Like if if she mm -hmm. had if she had won the match with the Poison Rana and pinned her and won the match, they could, she could have gone for a handshake after the match, and then instead of the handshake, lock her into a cooked Bailey to Belly just to be like a fuck you thing. That yeah. could have worked. But that I get I get, I get, I get what you're saying. It's like an anticlimax to the match. And then we got the main well, event match I the following it's, more, it's less of an anticlimax and more of a, I think the Bailey to Belly is awkward. <laughs> but I mean, her whole shtick was being awkward, so... Well, okay, in NXT, her whole shtick was basically she was a giant 12-year-old, which is weird. Which is awkward. And now a bunch of creepy dudes on Twitter are, like, drooling over her sister, because apparently a picture leaked of her sister, and her sister's got, like, gigantic tits. And I'm like, okay, I'm a dude, I get it, but also this is why people think wrestling fans are fucking weirdos. Uh... I don't know if you know this. Wrestling fans are fucking weirdos. We are all fucking weirdos. Well, I mean, yeah, you want to stalk 
Finn Balor and Chris Jericho to their respective hotel rooms, but I didn't think we were going to talk about that on the air. Yeah, but I mean, they're married now, so I can't, and, <laughs> and I am in a committed relationship right now, and so... Oh, yeah, you are. So, I mean, that would be inappropriate. Oh, yeah, that's the first time I've said that. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> where's Where's Ms. Arct? <laughs> The whole one guy that's really disappointed about that. You never know. It could be more than one. <laughs> All right. Let's finish this up. I'm, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. This is like the earliest we've ever recorded and we're both tired that's as fuck. That's true, and I'm still fucking tired. Hey, I I'm, am too. I'm, I'm, I live in a constant state of tired. I can go to bed. I can fall asleep at any point. If somebody's like, hey, I think I'm like, I could use a nap. I'm like, yes. It doesn't matter. I've been If I've only been awake an hour, I need a nap. <laughs> Anyways, I will say, though, in all honesty, because you haven't been on here in a while, there's been a lot of me and Guapo, especially with the AEW stuff. Uh, been a we- lot of sausage party. I don't know why I did that. That was very awkward. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I'm, it didn't happen. I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to give you a minute and let you think about what you just... What you just <laughs> I'm just sitting, sitting this awkwardness. All right. It's like the Bailey to belly of moments. <laughs> you done? Yeah. Have you thoroughly yeah, marinated in the awkwardness that you just created? See, what's funny is that I don't feel awkward about it because I don't feel awkward about anything. Well, that speaks more about you than it does about anything we've talked about today. But anyways, I will say, going back to uh, back on point, uh, it's been a long time since we could legitimately say that we are this excited about a main roster pay-per-view, and thanks in large portion to NXT. But in general, mm. in general, like I, I always start off my podcast with you guys, be like, okay, how do we feel about this pay-per-view, guys? And we're all like, eh. <clears throat> I'm actually legitimately, like, a little stoked about this one. I may actually watch it when it comes out at first. I mean, it it is the NXT doubleheader weekend. I mean, even if they don't win on on Sunday, it is the NXT doubleheader weekend. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, uh, I don't know where we go after this for either show, like, for... War Any games. of the shows for War Games or for Survivor Series, I don't know where Raw, SmackDown, or NXT land after this. But um, for one night, one weekend in in a bubble, as as we look at shows sometimes, uh, it's going to create a lot of very unique scenarios. And yeah, that's a whole lot better than oh my god, we got another pay per view to talk about. Don't yeah. We? Uh, it's better than oh, I'm really sad now. <laughs> it's better than hashtag real, real, real sad. Hashtag real, real sad. Anyways, there will be no. Hopefully, there will be no hashtag real, real sad. Yeah, unless Sasha Banks gets herself a match and and wins. Yeah. Then only Spaz will be real, real sad. I will be sad. People will be landing airplanes on her forehead in celebration. Anyways. Hope you've enjoyed your uh, your debut on the Spaz Phoenix podcast. Era. Um, it's been uh, it's been something. I was going to say an honor, but I feel like that's a little much. That's, that's a little extra right there. I will say for anybody that's listening for the first time, go check out Kristen. You can check her out in all the wonderful places like basically just Twitter right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have a YouTube, a it just doesn't guys, do anything. I used to do a bunch of shit, and now I don't anymore. Uh, did I mention that I'm tired all the time? <laughs> well, you're you're tired, and you have a significant other, and you tweet sometimes, and occasionally exactly. you join me on here. And I'm going to say it live while everybody's here listening, just to put you on the spot. We are going to do more movie content at some point. Yes, I just actually have to make it to the goddamn movie theaters. Like, okay, so it's basically you... my it's basically the only reason why we haven't been doing it. It's all me. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna guys, you're all gonna go to at Black Cat Feline or the comment section of this video. And you're gonna throw movies at myself or at Kristen as to what you think we should see that's out right now, or if there's something old that we should see. Because I mean, we could do that as well. We exchanged uh, video also, collections also a while ago. Could... We can also, uh, you can also shame us when we tell you, no, I haven't seen that movie. Because Spaz and I, I think uh, that's right. I think Spaz and I are alike, and it's like there's a bunch of movies that we probably should have seen at this point in For our sure. lives and just fucking haven't <laughs> for one reason or another. You still haven't seen Joker, have you? Nope. You're going to see Joker, and we're going to talk about it. At some okay. point. Or, if you feel like getting angry at the world, yes, this is going far off a field now, guys. So if you're a wrestling fan and that's all you're here for, go ahead and drop off now. If you hate yourself enough, go see Terminator Dark Fate so that we can talk about how Hollywood really hates anybody bad? with a penis. Yes. It's really that bad. This is the opposite of a love letter to the male gender. This movie was so bad, it made me forgive the obvious feminist selfie at the end of Endgame. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, so that's where you can find Kristen. You guys know where to find me or you wouldn't be here. Find me in all your typical podcast spots or at Spaz Phoenix on YouTube. I've been Spaz. She's been Kristen. We are your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, myself and Kristen are tagging out. Bye, guys. You're a freak like me